I, mm. I don't quite understand the, the, I don't understand the logic really of it. Tonight, a Vancouver bishop questions Dr. Bonnie Henry's new health orders. Plus, I didn't make the rules. I'm just following the provincial guidelines. Anti-maligerence and what to do when customers won't comply with the law. And how one BC cafe is hoping to save the season with dining under domes. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening. Thanks for joining us. We begin tonight with breaking news. As we first told you last night, organizers behind some very popular Vancouver holiday events have been on pins and needles waiting for clarity to find out if their programs can proceed under the latest pandemic restrictions. We can now report the answer to their questions. The health orders issued on Thursday ban any type of social gathering until December 7th, but did that include the Stanley Park Christmas train, Van Dusen Gardens, Festival of Lights and other events? Legislative Bureau Chief Keith Baldry joins us now with more. Keith, you spoke with Health Minister Adrian Dix. What's the verdict on these events? Yeah, I just got off the phone with him literally minutes ago. So, no, these events cannot go ahead. Uh, and it's not just the Christmas events. It's events of any kind cannot proceed while this new public health order is in place. Even though these organizations took the steps to employ and implement COVID health protocols, uh, the, basically the new order changes everything. So no events until at least December 7th. That's when the order expires, but it may be renewed again after that. It's very unfortunate, according to Mr. Dix. He did uh, consult with Dr. Bonnie Henry today about this very matter, and they came to the conclusion that events, as defined under that November 10th public health order that's available on the BC Centre for Disease Control website, obviously includes events such as the Christmas train and Van Deuce and Bouchard Gardens over here. So no, these events will not proceed or be allowed to occur or happen until at least uh, December 7th. A lot of disappointed people in that one. Mm -hmm. uh, Keith, tomorrow we're going to have new COVID numbers for three reporting periods. What are you expecting? Well, our five-day average going into the weekend was almost 640 cases a day. So you, you sort of total that for three days. The number to keep an eye on is 1,900. If it's over 1,900, that means things continue to escalate. If it's lower than 1,900, that's encouraging uh, news because the average number would be decreasing. The other thing to keep an eye on tomorrow is the regional breakdown. Fraser Health Authority, obviously 70, 75% of the cases for weeks, but that actually started to decline in number the last few days, and Vancouver Coastal started to come up. So we'll see if that, that shift can continues, whether the two health authorities are sort of evening out. Uh, again, that tells us the virus is, you know, spreading in different ways if one health authority suddenly sees a surge versus another. Uh, in any event, 3 o'clock tomorrow, obviously, we'll carry it live on BC1, and then I'll be on afterwards, Colleen, to break it all down with you. I'll be there. All right. Thanks so much, Keith. A prominent faith leader in BC is pushing back against the latest pandemic order, restrictions that currently close all places of worship to in-person gatherings. The Archbishop of Vancouver is publicly criticizing it, asking why churches, temples and mosques can't welcome groups, but bars and restaurants are allowed to operate. Paul Johnson reports. An improvised religious service Sunday just outside the shuttered doors of Vancouver's Catholic Cathedral where for the first time in its long history, mass of any size is banned by order of the government. But elsewhere in Vancouver, another beloved ritual is permitted. Sunday, NFL at the bar. 
It's one of the idiosyncrasies of the current pandemic response, and it's not going unnoticed by leaders in BC's faith communities. What surprised me is that um, bars remained open. That's Archbishop John Miller, leader of the near half a million Catholics in the Vancouver area, who says he's surprised by what Victoria is currently defining as an essential activity. Our religious activities inside the church, when we have been observing all of the the protocols, uh, that these were, in a sense, singled out uh, for being discontinued temporarily. It was a disappointment. This type of double approach do not... Become, do not make much sense to us. Across town, followers of another major branch of the Abrahamic religions are also struggling to understand the government's thinking. Places of worship to faith communities, they are very essential because they bring harmony, they bring solidarity, they bring peace to mind, and they also are the source of mental, spiritual well-being. We have seen transmission in some of our our faith-based settings. We need to suspend those and support each other and find those ways to care for each other remotely. Islamic scholar Muhammad Ali says he gets it, that the restrictions are based on science and stopping the spread. But says Victoria's current rules reveal their priorities, that heading down to the pub for a cold one is above the faithful worshiping their creator. In Vancouver, Paul Johnson, Global News. With more and more parts of the country imposing restrictions to try to slow the second wave of the pandemic, the stress on business owners is mounting. Many worried they may not survive this crisis, and that's with a new aid program for small businesses that takes effect tomorrow. Grace Key has that part of the story. Method cycling in West Vancouver went from 32 bikes to 11 to maybe 7 after they reopened from the current health order shutdown for group fitness classes. We're at a break-even point right now. Now with the recent closure, um, it's making it even tougher. Starting Monday, qualifying businesses, charities and nonprofits affected by COVID can apply for rent and mortgage support with the new Canada Emergency Rent Subsidy. The last one was up to the landlord to apply for these subsidies, which was a bit of a gong show to tell you the truth a lot of landlords didn't want to do it they weren't they didn't they weren't keen on losing any revenue to come in um, so this one is direct to the small business owner the program subsidizes a percentage of expenses on a sliding scale a revenue drop of 70% or more gets a maximum base rate subsidy of 65% then it starts to decline a 50% revenue drop gets a 40% rent subsidy If a restaurant saw a 40% drop in revenue in September, 60% in October, has $30,000 in eligible rent costs, you're looking at a 52% rent subsidy equaling $15,750. Small businesses will be able to apply for October, November, and soon December rent support. Uh, They'll be able to, to get the money and then have 60 days to pay to their landlords. All businesses will be eligible. They won't need their landlord's permission to be be part of it. This is really good news. There's also a 25% top-up for organizations temporarily shut down by a mandatory public health order. In addition to the 65% maximum, some could get 90% in rent support. It covers 90% of our rent, which is huge. And, And again, it's imperative for us to get through this closure. The rates are guaranteed until December 19, then they'll be reassessed. The program runs until June 2021. Grace Key, Global News. 
And big retailers aren't immune to the economic crisis. Case in point, the Hudson's Bay. On Saturday, its Coquitlam Center location suddenly closed its doors after the landlord terminated the lease due to failure to pay rent for months. Kristen Robinson has more. Aside from COVID protocols, it's business as usual at the Hudson's Bay flagship store in downtown Vancouver. And some customers don't want that to change. Hudson Bay, I've been shopping here since I was a little kid. It's also a Canadian icon store. Now American-owned, the iconic retailer is embroiled in a legal fight with a number of landlords across the country over rent payments during the pandemic. Shoppers in the Tri-Cities shut out. The bay inside Coquitlam Centre closed until further notice. Its lease terminated by the landlord after the department store allegedly defaulted on rent. I'm a bay addict. I've noticed though in the past few years it's been going downhill. Penticton's Cherry Lane Shopping Centre is trying to evict the bay, claiming it owes more than half a million dollars in rent. It's a signal of the escalating um, conflict that's brewing behind the scenes between landlords and tenants. Retail expert David Ian Gray says fashion-based department stores are already struggling with online shopping and increased competition and must restructure to survive. I think they need to decide who they are and realize that the real estate that they've got may have value, but certainly it's costing them a lot to run when they're declining in a declining demand for their product even before COVID. Hudson's Bay has 30 days to dispute the default in Coquitlam and says it's eager for a resolution, quote, we're working with our landlord partners across North America to amicably and logically share the losses incurred during this ongoing pandemic. We believe that there are fair solutions to be had as we recover from this public health crisis. So ready for the holidays. Oh, me too. The oldest retail company in North America recently recruited the stars of Schitt's Creek for its holiday ad campaign, while customers contemplate its future. I will really miss it if they, if they end up leaving. It's one of our own. I think we should uh, get behind it. Kristen Robinson, Global News. A Kamloops man who gambled with pandemic restrictions and lost is now facing nearly $3,000 in fines. Early Friday morning, Kamloops RCMP busted a card game at a home in the 1800 block of Hugh Allen Drive. Police found an uncooperative host and nine guests playing cards, no social distancing, no masks. The 37-year-old homeowner was arrested for obstructing police. He was slapped with a $2,300 fine plus three $230 fines, including for abusive or belligerent behavior. Last weekend, a Saanich homeowner was fined $2,300 for hosting a second pandemic poker party. As COVID-19 case numbers rise in B.C., Vancouver Coastal Health still hasn't had to activate its temporary hospital at the Vancouver Convention Center. The alternate care site was set up in April as part of the pandemic response. In the event of a surge in COVID cases, 271 beds are available for non-emergency, non-COVID patients or those who can be treated by a GP. The site has four nursing stations along with oxygen and medical supplies and is ready to begin accepting hospital patient transfers within 72 hours should the need arise. And we will be holding another COVID-19 town hall with Dr. Henry and Health Minister Adrian Dix. It's on Wednesday, November 25th, starting at 6.30, following an abbreviated news hour. It will be on Global BC, BC One, CKNW, and of course online. 
Email your COVID-19 questions to questions at globalnews.ca. The B.C. Liberals will determine on Monday who their interim leader will be after Andrew Wilkinson announced yesterday he's officially stepping down as party leader effective immediately. Party members will meet tomorrow morning to vote on a replacement interim leader. In October, Wilkinson announced his plans to resign after an interim leader was chosen. That was two days after the NDP won a majority government. But in a Facebook post on Saturday, he wrote he was leaving the role immediately before his successor had been chosen. Monday's Vancouver Park Board meeting will include discussions of traffic in Stanley Park. Two lanes of vehicle traffic into the park were reopened in September after one lane was for several months was closed to accommodate cyclists. Commissioners are also set to talk about considerations for a possible bid for the 2030 Winter Olympics. They're putting up a fight. Megan Turcato has more on an Okanagan Cafe owner's warning and the industry's advice on belligerent patrons. Jennifer West says the overwhelming majority of customers who come into her Kelowna Cafe are wearing masks. But Saturday, she says three men came into the business seemingly intent on starting an argument. They had a laminated a charter of rights and freedoms, ready to go. They had their phones on, ready to record. And when we asked them to wear a mask, they refused, saying that it was against their, uh, their rights. And when asked to leave, West said the group refused for around five minutes. And I had my baby with me at the time, and I mean, that just kind of amps it up even a little bit more that these men were yelling at me while I'm holding this baby and taking a video of her. The confrontation left the business owner feeling shaken. I didn't make the rules. I'm just following the provincial guidelines. And yeah, I didn't expect that people were going to harass me and my staff. Province-wide, businesses are being asked to back up the province's mask mandate by telling patrons about the policy. And the province says customers can be refused service if they don't wear a mask. The majority of customers are willing to wear a mask. I've heard anywhere from 95 to 99% of customers having no problem with it at all. That being said, uh, having a confrontation with a customer, even if it's just one that day, can really throw off the whole businesses and workplace morale. Business groups asking the public to support their local companies by getting on board with the mask requirement. They've gone to extreme lengths and expenses to ensure uh, that the public is safe. So we want to make sure, first and foremost, that they're continuing to be able to, to operate and feed their families. Ultimately, the province says if staff are feeling unsafe or threatened, they should call police. That's what ended up happening at the cafe. While the group had already left when police arrived, the owner is hoping her story will help other businesses prepare for the possibility they may face a similar situation. Megan Tricato, Global News. A tearful reunion for a base jumper in Squamish, rescued in a daring and complicated operation. <laughs> Thank you.
Nearly two dozen search and rescue volunteers were deployed to help the base jumpers stuck on the grand wall of the Stuwamis chief. The man in his 30s got into trouble mid-afternoon when the wind blew him towards the chief. His parachute became hung up on a tree where he remained suspended for nearly four hours in the cold and dark. SAR volunteers carefully lowered themselves to him to complete a rope rescue. He was injured, but it's not believed to have been serious. This is a good outcome. This gentleman was able to uh, walk out the trail and meet paramedics. So although he is injured, he was not significantly injured, and this could have been a catastrophic injury. This could have been a catastrophic event. The, the family and, and the, the friends, are, were, they were very relieved uh, to get here. I don't think they had much communication with the gentleman, and, and once they got here and realized that he was safe and he was in good care, they, they were very happy and, and very, uh, very thankful of our team. Activity in the backcountry is expected to increase even more this fall and winter, with some gear shops reporting an uptick in sales. The owner of North Shore Ski and Board says it's been the busiest November they've seen in more than 30 years. It seems touring gear is exploding. We have all our alpine skiers out there too, but now a lot of people are looking forward to just enjoying the backcountry and getting out there with their skins and uh, split boards for the snowboarders and touring gear for the skiers is definitely the hot commodity now. Fire crews were called to St. Paul's Hospital in Vancouver last night when the newly installed Lights of Hope display caught fire. An electrical issue is being blamed for the fire. Some smoke was visible for a short time and a small portion of the display is damaged, but crews say the fire was quite small and hospital operations weren't impacted. The rest of the display was left untouched and burning brightly. A Victoria bakery has come up with a truly unique way to keep customers safe during the pandemic. Have a look at this. QV Cafe and Bakery has created personalized domes for customers to enjoy their famous cheesecake. The domes were set up this weekend and can be used on a first-come, first-served basis. They seat a minimum of three people and a maximum of six. Another added benefit? They keep the rain off, creating a perfect way to hang out on the patio on a rainy day. Great idea. The holiday shopping season is already a busy time for the delivery industry, including Canada Post. But the stress on those workers will only grow as curbside pickup and online sales increase due to COVID-19 restrictions right across the country. Global's Catherine Ward reports. Jessica McDonald says her team is working around the clock to fill orders at Mini Miosh. The Canadian clothing company has hired more people for the season and is encouraging customers to shop early. You just have to go day by day and delays, especially with the season, are going to happen. The company was already online during the first lockdown. Since then, it has picked up a few strategies to keep product moving. We have made the decision to work with multiple carriers. This way we can avoid delays as much as possible and get the packages that our Mini Miosh customers Customers are waiting for to them as quickly as possible. As more restrictions are imposed for in-store shopping in Toronto and Peel region, officials with Canada Post say they are bracing for a busy season. We expect it to be, a, you know, an unprecedented uh, Christmas. Uh, we are going to see um, high, high levels. As of the end of September, Canada Post had seen a 40% increase in the number of domestic packages compared to the same period last year, and they say they expect that trend to continue into the holiday season. Over the next few weeks, 
we'll see you know a million parcels uh, over the weekend um, and then close to two million if not more uh, on Mondays and then you know 1.5 to two as we go through the week if you are ordering packages through Amazon officials say so far things are on track to be delivered on time and they are in the process of hiring more staff in a statement the company says we're hiring 10,000 seasonal employees to supplement our current workforce with about 6,000 of those positions located in Ontario some companies have have started their annual sales sooner than in years past to try and spread out Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales. Everybody knows whether you're in the delivery business or you are a retailer. If everybody does their shopping online this year, all within next weekend, um, that's going to cause one big glut no matter who's delivering. McDonald's says their goal is to keep putting one foot in front of the other, making the most of this unusual holiday season. We faced it before and we know we can get through it. Uh, with the support of our community, we're sure that we'll come out the other side stronger than we were before. Catherine Ward, Global News. The speed at which new cases are multiplying in the United States is unsettling. As of today, there are 12.2 million cases confirmed in that country. Nearly one quarter of those infections emerged in November. And this is how fast the U.S. numbers have been rising. It took just two weeks from cases to jump from 8 to 9 million by October 30th. By November 9th, there were 10 million. Seven days after that, 11 million and less than a week to add another 1 million infections. The situation has left hospitals and morgues overwhelmed. Several states have imposed new restrictions, including California, where a curfew went into effect last night. But as Jennifer Johnson reports, members of the coronavirus task force have set the ambitious target of rolling out a vaccine by mid-December. In California, angry residents took to the streets to find the latest restrictions that ban non-essential work and gatherings after 10 p.m. An illegal curfew, 10 o'clock curfew, we're not going to abide by it. It's ridiculous. To further try and stop the rapid spread of COVID-19, it's now an early last call for bars desperate for business. We were staying open till midnight to try to get a little bit of that bar crowd, but that is not the case anymore. In Minnesota, hundreds of protesters demonstrated outside Governor Tim Wall's home after he ordered gyms to close, youth sports to stop, and bars and restaurants to do takeout only. Angry protests in Washington State, too, after the Centers for Disease Control recommended Americans stay home this holiday season. We're going to have Thanksgiving with our family, and you're not going to tell us otherwise. Governors across the U.S. forced to take drastic measures again as new cases of COVID-19 dramatically spike. Air Force medical personnel and the Texas National Guard have been deployed to overwhelmed El Paso hospitals and the local morgue. We hit the ground running and uh, started working in some of the critical care sections in the emergency medicine rooms. A lot of the people I work with um, have described it uh, similar to Afghanistan, Iraq. The federal government is fast-tracking a new COVID-19 vaccine, hoping healthcare workers could get the first dose by mid-December. On the 11th or on the 12th of December, hopefully, uh, the first people will be immunized across the United States, across all states. But U.S. President Donald Trump is still blocking the transition to President-elect Joe Biden. There's a lot of focus on that vaccine rollout plan that's going to be critical in the early days of a Biden presidency. We have no access to that. No official response on that from the White House. But the head of President Trump's Operation Warp Speed says he's been told not to disclose confidential information to anyone outside the present administration. Jennifer Johnson, Global News. Washington. 
After weeks without restaurants, bars and non-essential stores, it appears France will soon begin easing its severe pandemic lockdown. The government said today it will relax the rules in stages to avoid new flare-ups in a country that's been hit hard. Finally, some good news out of France, the hardest hit country in Europe when it comes to total COVID cases. Now it seems French President Emmanuel Macron will be speaking this week uh, on Tuesday evening, addressing the country. And everybody believes that he's going to be loosening this lockdown that's been in place for several weeks. Why? Because it seems to have actually made a mark in the daily statistics that we're seeing. The number of new cases has dropped significantly over the last several weeks. Remember, it was sky high weeks ago, as much as 80,000. Now it's down into the 20, 30,000 new cases per day. And that's why some authorities here say we can slowly start to loosen the lockdown. The quickest way to open up economies is to defeat the virus. But we did hear from the World Health Organization, an official here in Europe, telling the media that European governments haven't learned their lesson, that they are going to continue this cycle of lockdown and lifting the lockdown unless they can figure out how to prevent this disease and prevent transmissions as certain Asian countries have done. Without that, this continent is cruising, possibly, for another lockdown in 2021. Matt Bradley, NBC News, Paris. A big step for aircraft giant Boeing this past week. The U.S. FAA has cleared the now infamous 737 MAX jets to fly. And while they've been deemed safe by officials, some family members of crash victims aren't so confident. With new flight control software and updated pilot procedures, the 737 MAX has been cleared to take off, despite lingering questions about its safety. FAA Administrator Steve Dixon, who personally piloted and tested changes in the new 737, says the MAX is safe. I would put my own family on it. Uh, I plan to fly on it myself, and, uh, but, but the public will, have to, will certainly have to make its, uh, its decisions. But so families you, of the uh, 346 people killed start, in uh, two MAX crashes have already made up their minds. Samia Stumo died in a MAX crash last year. Her father says the plane is still dangerous. They cut corners in the original design and they're cutting corners on the fixes. It's not a safe plane. They've refused to do fixes that were pointed out <laughs> and passengers should just simply avoid it and try to try to find another plane. Chris Moore, who lost his daughter Danielle when an Ethiopian Airlines 737-800 crashed last year, doesn't trust the updates made to the MAX. Yeah, I'm fearful. I mean, I, I will never, never fly a MAX. While some travelers may be hesitant to get back on a MAX, American Airlines is eager to put the plane back in the air. It restarts MAX flights in late December. Meanwhile, United and Southwest will resume flying the 737 MAX early next year. And for those passengers who are booked on a MAX flight and would rather not take that plane, the airlines all say that they will work with the customers to rebook them on other flights. Phil LeBeau, CNBC Business News, Chicago. Members of the British royal family are mourning the loss of a beloved family member. Lupo was the dog owned by the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge and their three children. Today, the royal couple posted to Instagram saying, Very sadly, last week, our dear Lupo passed away. He has been the heart of our family for the past nine years, and we will miss him so much. You're watching Global News Hour at 6. 
The lengths rescuers go to to help a deer with a paint can stuck on its head. We're going to have that story for you right after Yvonne's forecast. But first this. As if facing a month-long lockdown weren't bad enough, a blast of winter hit Toronto today. Between 10 to 20 centimetres of snow fell across the city. Other regions of Ontario saw up to 30 centimetres of snow. Quebec is now bracing for it as the low-pressure system moves into that province overnight. So I think the lesson there is, <laughs> Yvonne, things could always be worse. Yeah, and they're expecting anywhere between 20 and 25 centimetres with lots of watches and warnings. And for us... We've just got a little bit of rainfall. So, yes, this is what we are looking at. Uh, we've got actually some breaks. It was pleasant today for many areas across the province. We'll start off with a couple of photos. This one was captured Okanagan Lake, calm on the water. So thank you so much, Sandra. And a beautiful shot just before the sunset this evening. Marlita sent this from Klukoks Lake. So thank you so much. Yes, so we are just dealing with a few sprinkles, nothing in comparison to our friends out east. It'll still be waves of rain overnight and leading in towards the morning hours. That'll likely be the heaviest precipitation. And then the next frontal system is going to push in, but it'll be late for tomorrow. On and off rain, and in the long range, we do have some sunshine in the mix, and I'll show you that in just a moment. A quick glance at our Wall Centre Hotel camera. Right now, we're seeing temperatures sitting at 6 degrees. We've got that rainfall with a northeasterly wind at 17 kilometres per hour. Overnight tonight, we'll dip down to 5. I anticipate that we've got that chance for some rain leading in towards the morning hours, and then through the afternoon tomorrow, it'll be a grey one, cloud cover with the chance of showers and highs closer to 7 degrees. Here's the next weather maker that is going to push its way in. We're still seeing that instability along the north and central coast with very windy conditions and a few spots inland will still see that chance for some flurries. Now the precipitation overnight, there's that wave. By tomorrow morning, most areas will start to see it ease off. Tomorrow morning, it's just, or tomorrow afternoon rather, it's just a chance for some showers. Light flurries for most of the mountain passes if you're traveling along for higher elevations and then we are going to see that next wave move in. It'll likely be late tomorrow night and then pushing in on Tuesday and that one looks like it'll pack more of a punch with very wet and windy conditions, so heads up on Tuesday. A quick glance at some of the tower cams. This one, Drive BC, the Coquihalla, what we're seeing is just a few flurries. A chance for some flurries will be similar for the Rogers Pass. Check in with Drive BC, though, if you're heading out for the latest road conditions. The northern half of the province, we've got that rainfall heavy at times. Inland, we'll still see some flurries and it's snow changing over to rain for areas near Terrace as you get just above the freezing mark. Central interior for tomorrow, a few isolated flurries and it'll be similar for higher elevations with the bulk of the moisture and more active weather moving in on Tuesday. Whistler flurries, a cool one tomorrow with just highs up to one. We will see drier conditions for the afternoon tomorrow with that chance for some showers and then it's on Tuesday. That looks to be a blustery one. Long range forecast though, Colleen, Thursday, Friday. The plan so far, we've got some sunshine and dry conditions. Yay, looking forward to that. Thanks so much, Yvonne. It's not every day you see a deer swimming in a lake with a paint can on its head, but that is exactly what happened in Long Island, New York. An animal rescue group got a call that a deer had a paint can stuck on its head. When rescuers found the animal, it had jumped into the lake. One rescuer jumped into the water, but couldn't reach the deer. He flagged down a boat who got him close enough to remove the can, then guided the animal to the shore, where it first swam and then ran away, apparently unharmed. Happy ending to that story. Good efforts from everybody involved. Uh, everybody, everybody what pitching was in. In the bottom of that paint can, Here yeah, that deer know. could not resist. <laughs> oh, poor deer. Poor deer, literally. Poor deer. literally. What have we got coming up?
Well, NFL Sunday, of course, and uh, hey, Chase Claypool, we talk about him every week because he just delivers every week, and he did it yet again for the Steelers. He's never lost a game in the NFL. It's not that easy, Chase. He's just making it look that way. So more highlights from uh, the kid from Abbotsford and more Raptors news. They lost another player to free agency, but we're understanding they're gaining one, too. So we'll update on that as Watch the Global News and 980 CKNW Leadership Series every Saturday and Sunday in partnership with Fortis BC Energy at Work. What wouldn't you do to save your pet's life? Well, for a lot of people, the answer to that question is nothing. A man in Florida risked his life and fingers to save his beloved puppy. And as you're about to see, it was all caught on camera. This is the moment Richard Wilbanks wrestles an alligator to save his dog's life. He just came out like a missile. The sound of his puppy's cries are too upsetting, so we're not sharing it. They're like children to us. Wilbanks pried open the gator's mouth and saved his dog, Gunner. He had one little puncture wound. My hands were just chewed up. Even after being dragged underwater in the jaws of a gator, Gunner is doing just fine. I was able to save Gunner's life. But how did this terrifying encounter get recorded? The answer, a partnership between the Florida Wildlife Federation and the F-Stop Foundation. The video was, was jarring. Meredith Budd is the regional policy director at the Florida Wildlife Federation. They typically capture videos of things like deer or bobcats, not this, and it's all part of a campaign called Sharing the Landscape. We live on a shared landscape. We don't just want to tolerate wildlife, but rather we want to thrive with wildlife on a shared landscape. Their goal is to help people appreciate and understand the wildlife they live near and by doing so help reduce the conflicts that can sometimes happen between people and nature. It gives us a new appreciation. We do need to be aware they are wild animals. Uh, they're not here for our benefit. We're very lucky to share the space with them. Gunner's now a little hesitant getting near the water, but because Wilbanks calls this a learning experience, he's keeping Gunner away from the water now and always on a leash. And another rescue, this time two puppies trapped in central Italy. Flipper and Oshi disappeared while playing yesterday afternoon. Somehow, the Jack Russell Terriers ended up underground. Their sister Maggie ran to get her owners, who then called the fire department. All of the puppies were eventually reunited after several minutes of digging and coaxing. save lives in our community with BC Cancer. It is said that over the next 15 years, our province will face a 40% increase in cancer diagnoses. However, with your support, BC Cancer will change the outcome. This season, support the BC Cancer Foundation and the groundbreaking research that is changing lives in our community. Join Santa and friends for a safe and festive family drive through event supporting your North Shore neighbors in need. Bring a new unwrapped gift for a child or teen, decorate your car, and take a fun, physically distanced photo from the comfort of your vehicle. Global BC, celebrating 60 years of broadcasting, celebrating 60 years as BC's News. Barry's here with sports and you have a lot to get to, so I'm going to let you take it away. Hand it off to me. It's football time. Thanks very much. All right, Colleen. Uh, Chase Claypool is aptly named because for the first two months of his NFL career, defenders have been chasing him unsuccessfully down the field. The pride of Abbotsford was added again today, making key plays for the Steelers as Pittsburgh kept its record perfect 
with a blowout win at Jacksonville. Ben Roethlisberger, 385 career touchdown passes, eighth all-time. Nothing like working with a future Hall of Famer. If you're a rookie, these two have been magic. Big Ben to Claypool. For the touchdown, Claypool's 10th TD in his first 10 games. Only one other player in NFL history has more in his first 10 games. Billy Houghton did that with the 52 Packers. Fun celebration in the end zone. Juju Smith's uh, Schuster's birthday, so they blow out the candles on the cake. They're getting along. It's fun when you only win. Steelers have an amazing uh, receiving core. Deontay Johnson... With the juggling act, how did he catch that? Just short of the end zone, but the Steelers punched it in for another touchdown, a play later. They led 17-3 at the half, and another solid day for Claypool. Along with the touchdown, this great catch, four catches, 59 yards, super athletic play. How can't he be Rookie of the Year? Steelers go to 10-0 after routing Jacksonville 27-3. First time ever that the Steelers have started a season 10-0. Titans and Ravens jawing at each other before the game. Two big AFC rivals, both six and three records. Such a key game. A fantastic game, too. Ravens up 14-10 in the third. Lamar Jackson going up top, 31-yard TD strike to Mark Andrews. Ravens look to be in control up 21-10, but the Titans respond late fourth. Ryan Tannehill to A.J. Brown, who breaks one tackle, then another and another. Won't be denied. It's a touchdown for the Ravens. The game would go to overtime tied at 24. After a three and out by the Ravens, Titans end it in dramatic fashion. Who else but Derrick Henry got stopped but then finds the opening. Gallops 29 yards for the game-winning touchdown. Titans take it 30-24. They're 7-3. and three. The Ravens now 6-4. and four. The Sunday Nighter going on right now in... Fabulous Las Vegas, the Raiders and Chiefs. Raiders handed KC their only loss of the season back in week five. Plenty of offense early in this one. Patrick Mahomes to Tyreek Hill for the touchdown. That was easy, 7-7. But last play of the opening quarter, Derek Carr to Nelson Aguilar, the former Philadelphia Eagle, gets both feet down. 17-yard score, that made it 14-7. They've just gone to the half. It's 17-14. Raiders, Saints and Falcons, Taysom Hill getting the start at quarterback with Drew Brees on injured reserve the next three weeks with 11 fractured ribs. That sounds painful. Hill loves to run the ball, showed that off today. Fourth and goal, powers his way in for the TD to make it 17-9 Saints. And then in the fourth, Hill does it again, using those legs to scamper 10 yards for the touchdown. He's a big guy, too. None of the DBs want anything to do with him. 52 yards rushing, plus the two TDs. Also threw for 233 yards. Pretty impressive from Taysom Hill. Saints go to 8-2, downing the Falcons 24-9. Packers and Colts from Indianapolis. Pack couldn't miss in the opening half. Aaron Rodgers had three touchdown passes, including this one to his favorite target, Devontae Adams, 28-14 Packers at the break. But the Indy defense adjusted, holding the pack to just a field goal in the second half, while veteran quarterback Phillip Rivers hits Jack Doyle for the touchdown. This game required overtime, tied at 31 in overtime. Packers with the ball, but they fumble, and the Colts recover in Packer territory. That will lead to this 39-yard field goal from Rodrigo Blankenship as the Colts rally to beat the Packers 34-31 in overtime. Both teams 7-3. That pack loss, very welcome news for the Seahawks. Meanwhile, in Cincinnati, rookie quarterback Joe Burrow, who was the number one overall pick this year, has been outstanding as the new leader of the Bengals, but his season came to an abrupt end. Hit as he throws, ended up with a torn ACL in his left knee, carted off the field. 
passed for nearly 2,700 yards and 13 touchdowns, everyone hoping for a full recovery from a fine young QB. Reports out of L.A. of Marc Gasol about to sign with the Lakers. Bad news for the Raptors, who've now lost their two big men, Ibaka, Serge Ibaka and Gasol, in a 24-hour span. Gasol was a key ingredient in the Raps' championship season, but he did struggle in last year's playoffs. Now, the Raps have made two quick moves. They've re-signed Canadian Chris Boucher, two years, 13 and a half, and word they've just signed veteran center Aaron Baines, a New Zealander who played with Phoenix last year, also to a two-year deal. Golf now, final round of the RSM Classic on a beautiful day from... Sea Island, Georgia, boating weather. Canadian Corey Connors coming off that top 10 at the Masters last week. Does it again this week, a 6-under 64, including this birdie finish at 18. He finished at 15-under, tied 10th, won 173,000. Roger Sloan also shot a 64. He finished tied 23rd and won 56,000. It went to a playoff between Robert Streb and Kevin Kisner. Second playoff hole, Streb's approach is... Almost perfect, an inch away from holing out, but he would tap in for birdie and get his second career win. Both of them have been at the RSM Classic. He also won this event back in 2014. LPGA's Pelican Championship from Tampa, Florida. Canada's Brooke Henderson playing in the second to last group. Needed to go very low to have any chance of catching runaway leader Young Kim. Brooke with the birdie putt here at the 12th. But just one under 69 today, finished tied for sixth at seven under. Say Young Kim, who won her first major, the Women's PGA Championship, just last month, cruised to victory, makes the mid-range birdie here at the 14th. It was a low-stress three-shot victory for Say Young Kim at the Pelican Championship. Year-end ATP Finals Tournament from London. Dominic Team versus Daniel Medvedev, both coming off upset wins in the semis, versus Djokovic and Nadal, respectively. Third set. Obviously, tied at a set apiece. Team with the wicked backhand return winner. The quality of tennis in London this week has been outstanding. But Medvedev held his nerve after he got the break in that third set. Finishes at the net here to go up five games to three. And then we'll go to match point. The serve too hot to handle. And Daniel Medvedev, world ranked number four with an impressive week in London, beats the Dominic team to take the ATP finals. And we'll finish with some soccer. English Premiership, Liverpool and Leicester City. Jurgen Klopp's men already up 1-0 when they add another. Andrew Robertson's uh, whips in the cross. Perfectly timed by Diogo Jota, who heads it in. 2-0 Liverpool at the half. And they will add another in the 86th. James Milner's corner headed in by Roberto Firmino. Liverpool impressive today versus Leicester City. 3-0 final. Liverpool tied with Tottenham on 20 points, but Spurs get first because of a better goal differential. Leicester are fourth, two points back. And that is it for sports. All right. Thanks so much, Barry. When we come back, the competition that makes us all look like 90-pound weaklings. You'll want to see this. The Global News and 980 CKNW Leadership Series, an in-depth collection of interviews with our province's best and brightest, featured weekly on BC1 and 980 CKNW in partnership with Fortis BC. Energy at work. This year might be a little different, but your help is still needed. So join us for the CKNW Kids Fund Pledge Day because BC Kids need your support now more than ever. Thank you. Okay, athletes from all over Russia took part in a competition on Saturday to show off their strength. 
Have a look at this. To win, each man had to lift a car weighing nearly 900 pounds and carry it as far as possible. Then they had to pull a truck, which had its gear in neutral, of course, to, you know, to win. Yeah, who couldn't do that? And finally, this. Toss a giant rubber tire weighing 220 pounds. This year's contest was held without any cheering or spectators, naturally. And in case you're wondering, a 22-year-old from Omsk got the top prize. And I know, Yvonne, you're thinking, how do I enter that next year? Yeah, <laughs> we should do a team effort, yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine? It's just even one of those... Uh, yeah, I can't. Yvonne, you could go in it. They would. Uh, how many bench presses of Yvonne <laughs> could they do in one minute? That you would could be do it. You there you go. Factor. Really partake. Really quick weather wrap. Uh, we are looking at some rain overnight and for tomorrow morning, and then we've got on and off rainfall and some bright spots on Thursday, Friday. Looking forward to Thursday and Friday. <laughs> that is the news hour for tonight. Jordan is here at eleven. Thanks for watching. Stay with us now for sixty minutes, including a story about living longer. Good night.